Hello and welcome to another episode of Badminton Science. I'm your host Robert Johnson and in this episode we will talk about how to train for men's doubles. It's a category which involves a lot of speed, explosive movements and a lot of tactical and technical aspects. But let's roll the intro and let's get this episode started. Let's get into this because it's um, it's Friday, kind of late, so I'm uh, quite ready to just get this episode uh, over with, even though I'm really excited for for what I have in store for you today. So I've uh, I've been away. I've been to uh, to Italy for nine days, just having a vacation. I didn't have time to make this episode before I left, which uh, which I had in intended to do but let's um let's just get it over with and hopefully you will learn a lot of things so when we talk about men's doubles we have to understand the differences from the other categories the previous episodes have been about men's singles and women's singles which have the common denominator of being a single category now in in doubles you have a partner which you need to who you need to to adapt to and that you have to collaborate with in order to win games in in when you get to the top level of course there would be a lot of differences between the the categories and their physical and tech, tactical demands are still different uh, i misspoke but the the physical part of the game will be different a lot different when you get to the top level at the lower levels it's not quite the same differences but in men's doubles we also have the thing about which type of player you are are you the back player or the front player because that will put kind of different demands on you because even though both have to to be able to do both if you are the back player you need to be a very good smasher you need to jump high you need to be explosive and you need to be able to create a lot of things from from a high position when you're the front player you don't have the same thing you have to be really really good at reading the game and you have to be really good at putting the shuttle away and just be at the be at the right spot at the right time basically so let's start with the with the back player. So when we think of men's doubles and the back players, we, we think about like Fu Haifeng, we think about Go Vishem, we think about Ko Sung Hyun, we think about, um, of course, their names, <laughs> Wang Shilin, and so on. The big smashers. They are really powerful. They are very good at just setting up the rally for the front player to to win the rally basically and what they have in common is a great smash of course they have a lot of things but they are really good at smashing and we tend to just think about that oh they're so good at smashing they're so good at smashing but the thing is what they are doing also very great and what makes it more impressive is how they move to and from the shot because 
if you have a really good smash, but you can't get the shuttle or you can't get a, get a re recover from the landing, then it doesn't matter because the shuttle will be somewhere where you can't reach it. So what they are really good at is when they're jumping, they're landing with great balance and they're quick to move forward or at least to the next shuttle because if I were to smash really hard and I would just kind of stand still like yeah great smash and it won't be a good return then what happens is if if they if the defensive player on the other side drives the shuttle back to me I would be in a really bad position to play anything good from there because it would be kind of a weird like trying to block the shuttle which is then easy for the front for the players on the other side to move to the net and just put the shuttle down or i can try to do some awkward clear and and lose the initiative so what they what those players do are they are really explosive up they play the smash or the the shot that they do and then they move forward and the movement forward is the important part here so the landing the jumping is awesome the jumping is super important but landing and moving forward uh, very quick that's the key to to a successful smash or a back player with a great smash so how do we train for that and i want to say that we need to also think about what kind of position we are in with our legs because the front player usually bends their knees a bit more than the back player even though you never stand with with your legs completely straight because that would be kind of stupid because you couldn't get any any force down in, into the ground if you if you were to do that so the back player needs to be really explosive from from more of a standing position but um the key aspect here is the explosiveness being able to to jump being able to uh, to pr produce a lot of force is really important so do a lot of explosive um, like plyometric exercises like box jumps um, and power cleans if you are kind of advanced uh, or else just do a lot of jumping exercises will be great now when it comes to the landing, you need to work on the landing specifically. So you need to practice a badminton-specific jump with a badminton-specific landing and a badminton-specific move uh, movement from the landing position. So what that could it could look like you you can just focus on the let's say forehand side. So you you jump as high as you can, you land, and just try to be try not to to make a lot of sound when you're landing like really try to absorb the force and then be quick from the landing so start with not jumping that high and just be really quick getting from the position where you have uh, played the shot now to to move on with this we need to also think about how do we produce a, a hard smash because of course like you need to to be able to play the right shot at the right time which always isn't a, just the hardest smash that you can produce it's sometimes the angle of the smash the placement of the smash which is all, almost always more important than the power something you need to to um, 
to play a drop shot. You need to play a lot of different shots, but just to get the point across, when you need to, when you want to increase the power in your smash, we need to look at where are the force coming from. And if you watch the movie Indiana Jones, you know he has a whip. And think about your body and your arm as a whip. You produce force from the ground up, so from your foot to your knee to your hip to your core to your shoulder to your wrist to your racket and onto the shuttle. That's where the power comes from. So if you can, if you if you think about if you think about it like that, you understand that if you can get the power from from the ground up, then it will be a lot more powerful than if you uh, if you can't produce anything from your hips if you only do it with your forearm well, that's called a stick smash and that's not as powerful because you can't uh, you don't have the time or you, or you don't have the the ability to to produce force uh, quick enough basically so we need to think about okay so how can we get our hips like how do they move okay so i would can recommend to do some sort of a uh, hip extension hip um, something like a hip thrust a glute bridge a single leg hip thrust um, some uh, long jumps like something just to, to get your hip extended basically uh, because when you're in the in a smash position you, you think about like turning your your hip forward so you can like rotate your upper body and then like produce the force so both single leg and uh, like the let's say the hip thrust just to build some some raw force and strength and then some single leg hip thrust just to produce the single leg the unilateral strength and power as well um, then we want to combine that with something which is really explosive for the core which is usually something like a medicine ball throw or which can of course be done where you just, you're standing, you take the medicine ball, you place it over your head and then you put it down in the, into the ground as hard and as fast as you can. You can also do it uh, with a rotation, which is like you can do it against a wall, you can do it with a partner or something. You could also do things like wood choppers, uh, which is great. The, the plank or the sit up is not, it's not really power exercises. Uh, I can say they are not power exercises. Um, and especially since they're not rotating exercises, they won't <clears throat> do a lot for your smash. However, we need to be strong in the core as well because our spine takes a lot of damage from, uh, or can at least takes a lot of damage from, uh, from smashing. Especially some people are uh, hypermobile, which is a it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, for a person who plays badminton because there are so many rotations and so many positions where we can uh, be hypermobile which is just uh, something that will make us kind of inflamed and it will hurt a lot uh, if we do too much <clears throat> so the plank and sit up are not you uh, they're definitely not useless exercises but do them but don't expect them to to make your smash really hard they can be great for injury um, for the for reducing injury risk, but don't don't put them too high up on your list of of exercises to improve your smash. 
but do them. So, so those are some key exercises for the core explosiveness. Now we want to move over to the wrist and the forearm because that's the kind of the last piece of the puzzle here. So uh, forearm grip strength and finger strength are something we can do with like uh, farmer walks. Farmer walks are where you just take dumbbells or kettlebells or a trap bar deadlift um, and you, you just walk with, that, with it basically. So it's more of an endurance and strength uh, tool for your forearms but also your inner core muscles and your traps. So that, those can be really good. Suitcase carry is when you take one dumbbell or one kettlebell and walk uh, with your body straight. So you have to, to compensate with your uh, muscles on the opposite side. So if I were to hold a kettlebell in my right arm and walk uh, with my body straight and my left side, uh, my left kind of this, the abs on the, on the left side will have to do a lot of work. So this is good for just managing the, the different loads that you will get through your body uh, while playing badminton. And also great, great for the core, deep core muscles, uh, stability, and, um, and of course your grip, grip strength. When you're training back, you get some, some grip strength uh, per, like, oh, how do you say that? You get it just by doing the exercises because if you were to do a row or a pull up they need to, to grip the bar uh, or the dumbbell and that will directly train your uh, forearm and grip even though you don't want to. So, so that's something you can do like a, a dead hang where you just uh, uh, be in the lowest position of a pull up and just hold there as long as you can. That would be something you can do. You could also um, do some uh, some wrist curls with a dumbbell. There are two exercises, however, that I want to mention in the gym, and then what you can do outside the gym as well. And that is to to pick up some. Um, if you think about the plate when you're at the gym, uh, a weight plate basically, they usually have handles for you to hold in, because it's very difficult if you were to just grip it by your fingers. That is now what I want you to do, because if you were to, uh, to, to grip something with just pressure, putting pressure to the sides of it, it will be really difficult to keep it uh, in your hands. And that will really work on your finger strength, so I would recommend do that as well. And um, you can also do something with like, where you take something kind of light, which is, uh, let's say, one kilo, two kilo, some light weight plate, and just um, uh, throw it in the air with your, just with using your forearms, throw it in the air and then pick it up again uh, without touching the floor. So just um, throw it up, making it rotate a bit and catching it again. Uh, and that will, will do, when you throw it, and if you're only using your forearm, then you will get some explosiveness in your forearm. Uh, you will do the breaking part and you will also get your fingers involved. So that's something that's really good. When it comes to, to actually converting this, this explosiveness and strength and speed to badminton, we can do it with flat game. Just 
take a partner and and um, and do it as as fast as you you can. Um, just flat shots back and forth as fast as you can. Great, uh, great exercise to get the speed up in your in your forearm and your wrist. You can also use a, a racket that weighs a lot. There are some heavy rackets out there which I, I don't remember how 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 much they weigh, but I think it's like double or triple the amount of a regular racket. Those are great to build some strength and endurance in your forearm. And there are also some exercises that my previous coach made us do a lot, which is um, kind of a shadow thing for your form. So you don't have any shuttles, you just kind of uh, produce a shot as fast as you can with just your form, um, which made it cramp a lot. Um, but it's, it's awesome for, for creating uh, fast, um, yes, yeah, explosiveness in your in your forearms and uh, yeah so now now we have things for for the back player and i can say because now we're going to move to the front player but the same thing goes here for the front player because the forearm strength and speed is crucial here since there are a lot of interceptions inter interceptions there are a lot of um uh, just flat game in general, which is why it's so important to have the strength to do it. But when it comes to the movement, there are important aspects for the front player in a higher degree than the back player. Because both players need to be really good at changing directions, be really fast in small surfaces, uh, and explosive moving fr uh, forward and backward and side to side sometimes also. But the front player, when when that player is in a uh, offensive position, the the racket is just above the net and moving side to side, moving laterally basically. That is something where you need to be really really quick, and working on that would basically mean like doing some shadow play, just keeping the position and just moving as fast as you can side to side. You can do it with uh, cones in the gym, uh, of course, or anywhere you are. You're just moving side to side as fast as you can. Um, you can also do it uh, two steps to the right, one step to the left, two steps to the right, one step to the left, and then uh, the opposite, uh, like two steps to the left, one step to the right uh, when you're going back. Just to do the like front and back as it usually is because it's very rare that you just move side to side um, like I'm just describing. So that is something I would really recommend. And um, just be really, really fast going side to side is, um, is, is super important for a, for a front player. Uh, but I would, I would also do that with some general uh, exercises uh, for both the players in the team. Which is to um, to do some, you know, you can put some cones in, um, uh, make it look like basically a plus sign or like a cross. We just uh, move side to side and then to the middle and then front and back. Uh, do a lot of those things. Uh, you can do it um, at different angles as well, of course. 
but but just like try and, and train in the in the different angles and, and different planes of movement because it's it's important to to um, to be really good at changing direction because of course in, in men's doubles there are some different movement movements that are not in uh, men's singles for instance so let's say that you're in the front and as the front player you need to to move with your with the player that's in the back uh, so that uh, like not move back with him but but follow where the shuttle is always uh, so if if uh, if a lift comes to to the backhand side and you're uh, and the back player is there and you are in the front you're you're supposed to follow the shuttle a bit like not moving completely to the side but taking a few steps to follow the shuttle wherever it goes if you watch uh, uh Kayun, uh, for instance the, the old matches he is super good at just at uh, covering fu haifang when he moves to the back so just watch him uh, during the the offensive plays and you will understand exactly what i mean um but then yeah so just combine the the usual change of direction drills um with some specific for badminton you can also do it with uh, uh, putting some loop bands you know the the bands that uh, looks like a circle they don't have like handles it's just uh, something you can put around your knees and then do do the lateral shuttles um, which is just uh, something you can do to to make it a bit more fun now when it comes to to ladder drills uh, we see a lot of people do them but the science is uh, according to the science it's not really beneficial to do it if you're not an a child anymore uh, or a early teenager uh, it of course depends on on your fitness levels and how much you have trained, but but usually it's don't spend too much time on it. It can be awesome as a warm up drill to get your mind and your body ready uh, with coordination and and just like the the quick footwork, but don't spend too much doing it. Uh, I would also recommend like doing some uh, some um, some really explosive intervals for the, for the conditioning. So. Uh, of course you need to be able to to keep your heart rate going for an hour an hour and a half without being completely destroyed because of course matches last a long time even in men's doubles um but but just being able to to keep your focus after 90 minutes of play like if it's 29 29 in the third game you've been playing for one and a half hours you don't want to lose because you couldn't keep your focus so um, um so that's just one thing to to keep in mind but of course you need to to be a, a well-rounded athlete because the the differences uh, are really clear at the top if you're not at the top then you need to think about okay uh do i, uh, do I need to prioritize getting my cooper test to 12 minutes do i need to prioritize uh, my speed um, or like my, my ability to to come down in heart rate after uh, every rally is it my endurance what is it that's that's not that's my weakness basically so when you figure out that and when you get to, to that point you need to, to also understand that if you're not great at intervals that last for 70 seconds with 20 seconds rest maybe that's something you need to work on but um, 
doing some some shorter intervals are preferred preferred here i would say and also i think this is quite general for for badminton players like we tend to do so many intervals um just running forward like it's on a bike uh, sometimes cross trainer, sometimes treadmill, sometimes outside, sometimes in a hill or something. Do something that does also not just straight ahead. It could be backwards sometimes. It could be laterally. It could be some general change of direction drill, which is still really explosive and really hard, but it's not just running forward. So, uh, <clears throat> so that's what I would recommend. But even though I talked about everything, um, yeah, okay. So, so besides everything I've talked to up to now, there are. S- I can't emphasize this enough. It's so important that you work on the service situation. It's the. It's so crucial in men's doubles that you are great at serving, and returning the serve and the third shot. It's so important. So what I want you to do is, okay, and this is something I've not, this is my idea and I I think that um, it makes a lot of sense and I hope that uh, I will see it sometimes. I haven't seen a a coach do this while practicing serves. So basically everyone knows how to serve. Basically everyone, yeah, like everyone knows how to serve. Not everyone serves great, and they need to work on that. Just getting the the serve going and and understanding the speed and like they want to to make it go uh, directly onto the line when I serve, or they want to make it a bit further in, like a faster serve. But anyways, it's basically everyone can serve. That's my point. Uh, when we are just like before the practice starts or after the practice, when we're kind of cooling down. We are basically everyone is quite good at serving, but when we serve in matches, we have a different situation. We have some the heart rate is high. We are kind of stressed. We are kind of fatigued as well. Uh, there might be lactic acid. You might be hurting. Things are going on. So what I I did I did is unfortunately I couldn't try it out completely because I got injured before I could before I had this chance. But I did some some really really fast uh, shadow work, you know, like yes, footwork drills, where I get my heart rate up basically to the max, uh, and then instantly played uh, or did like three to five serves, rested for a bit, and did did it again. So the 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 idea was to to do some band specific footwork, get the heart rate high, and then serve. Um, you know when you feel like the, the 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 heart is feeling like it's beating out of your chest, you are having trouble breathing, and still trying to serve with good precision. Uh, that was the aim of it because it's really specific uh, to to what we're gonna feel in the in the match, since we are rarely playing with a resting heart rate. So so that's that's my my one tip to 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 get across when it comes to to practicing the service situation and if you have a partner you can like the partner can do okay so let's say you serve and he returns then it would be that you would do some like 
I don't know, six seconds uh, of, of really intense footwork or shadow play. Then you would serve three serves and he would return three serves. And then maybe he would serve three serves to you and you would return them, then you do it again. So you practice both the serve and the service return while really tired. That is, uh, is something I feel like not a lot of people are doing. And I think it's kind of a shame because we are, a lot of mistakes come from not being able to, to handle the fatigue. Or maybe we feel a bit of our touch or the, the precision when we get tired because of course it's, it's harder than. So, so I would, can recommend to just practice playing good shots, having good quality, even when you're tired, especially when you're tired. Because that's what we see from the great uh, players, that they, they don't lose barely anything, like not even their tempo when they're tired. Uh, because we can see players getting, like we wonder why did he play that smash? Like it's so stupid, but it's because they're tired. Uh, they missed the shot because they were tired. Uh, they ha they lose lost patience because they were tired. So being able to practice in that really uncomfortable environment is super important for your ability to handle it when you're playing a match. Now, of course, in matches you also have some sort of pressure um, from um, some opponents, or like it's an important game or you want to win, and that's also something that like that's really hard to replicate in in practice, um, but. It's something that, that I think we should try to figure out and how we can, how we can do it, but focus on, on getting, on, uh, on making the service situation perfect. Um, and of course include some strength training and some conditioning outside of the badminton, but focus a lot on the, the physical. Um, no, sorry, sorry, focus a lot on the, on the service situation and, and then of course the physical. That was all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, um, it's Friday night and I'm actually gonna eat now uh, because I've been to the gym, but I, I prioritize you guys. So, uh, so you're welcome, I guess. And uh, let me know what you think about the episodes. Give me a five-star review. Follow me on Instagram at Badminton Science and also my private at Robert underscore Johnson underscore PT. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.